Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. This is your host, Amanda Gates. And today I'm going to be sharing an amazing guest with you by the name of Tracy McMullen. She's actually from Sydney, Australia. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have her on the show is that like other guests that I've had on, she is a TCM, traditional Chinese medicine doctor. And so The reason that I wanted to have her on is that I'm really trying to empower my audience that listens to this show to take control of their own health care and really be empowered with ailments that may be showing up and how to look at modern energetic medicine as a solution. We tend to manifest in the physical realm once something has been in our energetic field. And so it tends to start with negativity or those below the cross emotions that I always talk about and this idea that it ends up in our energy field because of emotional things and emotional things that we hold on to. And so today Tracy and I are going to talk about this idea of modern energetic medicine and dimensional frequency, this idea that everything has a frequency to it including illness and disease and how we can overcome that, and three things to get proactive with your healthcare today. All right, are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda Gates. I'd like to welcome you all to the show, and today I have a fabulous guest by the name of Tracy McMullen. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for having me. So let's start out by just explaining to the audience how you became, you know, you talk on your website about this idea of modern energetic medicine. So explain to the audience how you became a practitioner of this and and explain to the audience what that is, because I'm not sure that everybody knows growing up that this is what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Apparently at a very early age, um, and I'm talking primary school, I had pretty much three things in mind. One, to be an archaeologist in Egypt. And I remember being really angsty about whether or not there'd be anything left for me to dig up by the time I grew up. And then I wanted to be a cancer researcher, which made my teacher cry. So I thought I'd better not pursue that one. And then I wanted to be a member of the triads. And that last one, I know, is a little odd. Um, My father squashed that idea when he pointed out I wasn't Chinese. So I think he was pretty relieved when I gave that one up. Um, My becoming a practitioner has been a a really interesting journey. In a way, yes, um, I always knew I'd be heading into the healing arts. My formal studies started with biomed science. And then I became quite disillusioned with where I was heading with that. And I temporarily abandoned that path. Um, I was pretty much always interested in the forces that you couldn't see. I knew that there were drivers and mechanisms of everything, but mainstream science didn't and really couldn't explain it. And then some of the modern energetic modalities, they fascinated me, but they really couldn't explain it either. And so after I met an incredible TCM practitioner by the name of Barbara Frigere, 
I went and formalized my studies in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. Then I studied Ayurvedic and then medical Qigong. Um, there were, I've got to say, Amanda, there's a lifetime of learning in all of these. And then my mentor came along to wrap it all together. And so I think there's been a lot of intense learning, both academically and in terms of life experiences. And amongst all that was um, a form of Korean martial arts. That was absolutely phenomenal for teaching the internal disciplines. I really wasn't good at the physical side, so maybe that was just the triad thing coming back to revisit me. Yeah, I think it's fascinating because I feel like um, I always say to people, I have an online course that I do, and I always say to people that the reason that I don't give away certificates or uh, awards of achievement and things like that is I feel like the healing modalities especially, there is, it really is a truly lifetime uh, practice. It's, it's a lifetime learning. And, and I, I found that with feng shui, I've been practicing it for over 20 years and I'm still learning and I'm still learning new things and seeing new things. And um, it's definitely something that continues to expand, which I'm sure you see in, in TCM. I'm curious, you also do this dimensional frequency. Tell us more about what that is. The dimensional frequency stuff is, uh, it can be simplistically explained, but it also can be quite complicated. Um, we, we work with energetic fields, also known as the energetic centers, and we also work right down to the cellular level. So um, in terms of a broad spectrum, um, I suppose, explanation for what it is, it's an entrainment mechanism by which we can affect, for example, a leader cell. And that goes on to create changes in, for example, a disease state or a congested state, which can alleviate that in the person and bring them back to a sense of balance or health. I love the idea of this um, because I've been working with a shaman for over a year. And some of the things that I've seen uh, that he's done have just blown my mind. And it really reminded me of this, this level of dimensional frequency where he has helped people heal themselves of diabetes. And I saw him heal uh, a gentleman with congenitive heart disease all through energy work and frequency and raising vibration and, and basically alleviating the vibration and frequency of illness. Is that kind of along the same lines of what that is? Most definitely, because every every illness, every disease state will have a, an energetic pattern, if you will, a, a set of frequencies which give out um, an instructional set to not only the tissue that it's affecting, but the energetic field. And so when you manipulate that, then you, you get, can get um, a remission in the disease as long as the mind is on board with it. I love the idea of this because I do truly believe in, and what he has taught is this idea that everything does in fact have a frequency, everything from addiction to joy to love, it, you know, it, it all has a frequency to it. And you actually mention on your website that basically blocks in our energetic field is really where all of these health issues come up. And it makes so much sense because it's very in line with feng shui. When you have a block of toxic energy in your home, that's when you're going to start running into issues and that's where disease and disease is going to show up. So I'm curious, you know, tell us a little bit more about the energetic field and how that plays such a, a huge role in our overall health and well-being. With the energetic field, I suppose, is um, it's it contains a lot of instruction sets and it contains our personal signature and our blueprint, if you will. Um, but it also is heavily influenced by um, areas of congestion. And so 
um, blocks in the energetic field um, are specifically areas of congestion, which can start out as mental constructs, or it can be um, reactionary constructs to what's happening in our lives. And these areas become regions of non-flow and contraction that impact on pretty much every energetic and electrical structure in our body. Um, and secondly, our, electric, our energetic field is, is like a sensory organ, and it operates in a multitude of levels. And there are, <clears throat> there are basically fields within fields all correlating on different energetic levels. And one of the levels it works on is like a feedback system for how we think and feel. And so in simplistic terms, this acts in a negative or a positive way. And if we consistently think about um, low or, or negative vibratory thoughts or express negative emotions, our personal vibration in our field stagnates or drops in its frequency. Um, the opposite is also true for, for positive and higher vibratory thoughts, which makes us feel better and brings about an elevation in the vibrancy of our field. And things work better in our lives too. And then the feedback loop in operation here is quite palpable. And you would also experience this in Feng Shui when you're doing an analysis for a client, I suppose. Um, for example, let's take one aspect, constant negativity and emotional reactions that build up in, in a, um, an area um, can equate to automatic negative thinking or ants in the head, or should that be ants in the field? And a consistent, happy and serene field feeds back into it also to create balance and serenity. And so you're creating from within and also wanting to create from without. And one will always support the other through the energetic field. You can easily test this by doing a gratitude exercise when you're feeling low or negative, because gratitude is one of the, the higher vibratory states and one which you can start to correct your field immediately and your surrounding area. Another level of the energetic field is that it acts as a response mechanism, depending on and discerning, almost filtering what's happening around us. And then there's the intuitive side, which some would all, all be familiar with, and that's the gut reaction. It's, and interestingly enough, with, with respect to the energetic field, our mind actually resides in the energetic field. I suppose it's more correct to say that the mind is part of the field. And it's our minds that often get us into trouble, depending on our belief systems and thought processes and our perceptions. And so our mind, and therefore our field, become the home to our habitual response mechanisms. And that in itself can set us up for problems and, and really bring us out of balance with those um, the aspects of the, the energetic blocks that we originally spoke of. And you know I, that there's a... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I love everything that you're talking about because it, it's a lot about what I teach with this idea of I, my uh, system that I call it is above and below the cross emotions. And so this idea of having these negative loops and these negative patterns, if you have that within your home or just within yourself, you're broadcasting that information. You're, you're like a, an antenna, so to speak versus this idea of having above the cross emotions of gratitude and love and joy. And so you're literally talking about two energetic loops that are vastly different, which really comes down to that energetic congestion that you were talking about that it, it like creates a traffic jam if you're constantly in those negative loops. That's right. And the traffic jam will always um, translate to disease in the physical sooner or later. And I always talk about that on this show is that oftentimes it's, it, it manifests in our energetic field. And so by the time it hits our physical body, it's pretty bad. It, like it, it's been there for a while. Is that correct? That's right. We've got to work pretty hard at it to, to get it into the physical. So 
when we're talking about the subtle energetic fields and, and, you know, things are starting to get off kilter and, and they're getting a little out of control, it turns into that physical illness. And so what are some things that we can do to notice it or take notice before it takes the physical manifestation? Are there, are there little things that we can spot to maybe prevent it from manifesting? There certainly is. Um, but in, in, before I um, talk about developing these skills, um, the body always gives us science before it becomes a physical illness. And so we're all aware of the whole tap on the shoulder, the sledgehammer and the bus scenario. Um, and it's really about getting out of our heads and feeling into what's happening for us and in us and becoming more aware and tuning into what's changing or what's happening in our physiology and not ignoring what some people call our intuition. The subtle feelings, when they start out, they, they are quite subtle, but they do become louder. And a lot of people will always speak about, you know, something just didn't feel right or that their heart wasn't quite in it or that they get a physical registration of a feeling such a feeling such as, you know, an area of discomfort or fatigue or even nausea. And that's sort of how it begins. And that's often at the stage where our mind steps in and, and gives us its version of rationality. And that's when things either get misconstrued or even ignored. But to develop these skills, it really doesn't take much at all. In a nutshell, it's about getting out of your head because the mind is in the driver's seat and getting into the feeling sense, which is your body. In Chinese medicine, it's the heart that is considered the emperor of the whole body. Um, it's the driver of the true intellect in the body. So any heart-based meditation technique is a brilliant way to develop this kind of feeling sense. The kinds of techniques um, that bring, uh, sorry, these kinds of techniques bring in the electromagnetism of the heart into a coherence. That has a huge impact on every part of the physical body as well as our energetic field. So not only do these kind of techniques develop the feeling sense, but they can be used to increase our emotional intelligence as well. And these um, techniques also go into that feedback mechanism that you just spoke about in our, auto, in our automatic field to register our mental responses and, and habitual responses to everything. So in a nutshell, by even by undertaking this, um, this skill set, they can assist you in changing things about yourself. What is of equal importance, I suppose, is educating your, yourself on your body and its basic functions. And so you can understand what you're hearing and feeling. And there's a couple of quick fixes for when you're not feeling 100% and when your energetic field is off kilter and you've got some negative thoughts and emotions going on. And the first one is simply get out of the house or office and go for a walk in nature. Or sit and stand on grass, preferably barefoot, and slow your breathing right down and make it considerably deeper. Because the forces and the elements of nature automatically clear out our energetic fields when we're out in it. And the second one is it's almost like um, a, a grounding technique. All you have to do is basically stand with your feet, shoulder width apart, knees unlocked, and then gently shift your body weight from one foot slowly to the other and then back again. And do this five or so times. And then bring yourself back to standing equally on both your legs and put the attention back into your feet. And then really feel the ground that you're standing on. And I, mean, I suppose the trick with both of these is to let everything slow right down. And that has an immediately um, settling effect on your energetic field. Well, I love that. And what I find so fascinating is I've had uh, many energy healers and, and TCMs on, on this show. And what I find so fascinating is the difference between 
um, the Western approach versus uh, what I feel is more of an Eastern approach to really healing our bodies and, and, you know, at a soul level. And it's all about the subtleties. And I feel like this way is so much more proactive because it's more holistic and it helps really put us in balance. And I'm curious as far as, you know, doing this level of work, um, you know, you said that you were kind of turned off by the traditional way and, and kind of went this route. Um, do you think that you were pulled in this direction for a reason? Do you feel like this, you know, because I feel like this is so much more pure and, and so much more authentic to our bodies. And it's such a subtler way to, to work with our energy systems on a, on a holistic level to really help us heal and, and stay in balance. Right, most definitely it is. And um, I became increasingly disgusted with um, the whole idea of allopathic medicine being dealt with by a single pill. Um, so I suppose when we approach our health in this way, um, we're treating the body and the field as a whole, a systematic and an interactive organism. And that's really the only thing I've found over the, over the decades has actually got results. And so this also has to involve a level of our emotional intelligence and how it consistently affects you know, how we operate in our lives through our reactionary states and our mental platform. And I think once a person really understands the interactions that, that we've been talking about at the level of their symptoms, as well as the mental and the emotional states and how they play into it, then they've got the real ability to change or modify whatever is happening in their body and do things a different way. And as far as I'm concerned, um, that's a thousand percent more effective than any pill. And really, it puts people back in the driver's seat of not only their health, but their life. And yeah, I agree. It's a very empowering uh, way of approaching your own health care. And it's very empowering to uh, feel like you have control over it. And, you know, I feel like if you do take a prescription, it just leads to 20 more, <laughs> right? And unfortunately, that's how the system is designed. But with, you know, the best way to resolve any health issue is by approaching it in really three ways. And that was look at what got you into the problem, what's keeping it in play, and what results are you expecting? And what, what I mean by that is, are you going to buy into what the experts say, especially if it's negative, or are you prepared to take responsibility and change what you need to and get the results that you deserve? And you would be surprised, Amanda, at how many people abdicate their responsibility at that level. Well, I think we've really been conditioned to think that one, we can't do it on our own, that it does require an allopathic doctor to tell us what to do and how to do it. And I think we've also been conditioned to believe that it is just simply as simple as taking a pill. So yeah. I think it's a belief system that's been built, but I also think it's a belief system that's been built on greed and profit and all the wrong <laughs> way of looking at healthcare. And the big wrong way of looking at health care, you know, like standard Western medicine, it's problem oriented or it's symptom based, in other words. And what we do is, is basically solution oriented and it's results based, which a lot of the, the Eastern arts are. And if you aim your treatment at the very reason why the symptoms and the condition exist in the first place, then you get a result. Simply alleviating the symptoms, it's just a band-aid and it always drives the problem deeper into the body. You've got to look at multiple aspects of a person's life. And so you can clearly identify what the real problem is or the root cause, which underlies the physical symptoms um, or the emotional, the mental imbalance. And once the root cause is identified, you can go about then by disengaging it and at the same time alleviating the physical symptoms and, 
and really starting to bring balance back into their emotional and mental perspectives. Um, we work this way purely because um, we consider the physical and the mental platform and the emotions to be inextricably linked. I would absolutely agree with that. I would say that a lot of it is emotionally based. And I think that's why I love this idea of the dimensional frequency, because I think that just having experienced it myself and, and seeing it done on others, this level of, which it brings me to one of my favorite books, which is Bruce Lipton's, you know, the, the biology of belief, but it's this yeah. idea of, you know, in a lot of ways we can manifest health and wellness by getting clear about the emotions and the, the thoughts that we hold on to and getting the mental judo right, so to speak, and really like you said, going to the root cause rather than focusing on the symptom and really alleviating this at a cellular level, which I think is really where you come in. You can help somebody go to that root cause and change their biology and change them at a cellular level so that their energetic system, their mind, body, spirit can come back into balance and heal itself. That is, that is precisely what we're on about. And look, you know, Western medicine is, is or allopathic medicine is fabulous if you've got an argument with a bus or an acute life-threatening problem. But outside of that, it's incredibly limited. Um, it can't explain the forces in play, um, nor completely resolve things. Uh, there's a lot of groundbreaking work being done uh, at the moment, particularly where you are, Amanda, in the States and in the fields of molecular biology and biophysics. And it's really exciting to see these guys finally identify these forces. And I believe they're on the way to making this, this sort of thing that mainstream. I agree 100%. I mean, epigenetics is, is one of the, the most leading fields right now. And this idea that our environment plays a huge role in our overall health um, and, and understanding our emotions, our, our, that whole mind-body-spirit connection. And um, this idea that I agree with trauma. Uh, we definitely do need modern science and modern medicine, but I think for our everyday um, diseases that we have, I think it's all about the subtle energies and the belief systems that we hold and, and things that are at an energetic level. And it's fascinating to me that a lot of these Eastern practices have been around for centuries and we've really gotten away from it. But I think a lot of people are coming back to it because they're realizing that this system that we've been relying on for the past 100 years isn't so snazzy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's really not helping us. And I'm curious, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. What are some success stories that you've had and experienced with the people that you've worked with? We tend to get um, a lot of people who have tried everything else, which is quite amusing, really, um, and they can't get results. Um, I suppose there's a, there's a, a couple of um, ones that your, your listeners would find immediately accessible. And one was um, a lady um, from, from one of the Arabic states that came. And um, I was contacted um, regarding this lady's daughter, um, and who works overseas, like I said, and she incurred a major back injury. Um, she was on pretty heavy pain meds and was facing a really nasty invasive back operation because nothing that the, um, the hospital was doing um, was working to even lessen the pain, let alone resolve the problem. And I'll never forget how, she, how this woman walked into the clinic. It was a cross between an ironing board and a boomerang. I've never seen anything like, us, like that. And she put the pain at 100 out of 10 which is quite severe, I suppose. And she'd been like that for three weeks. 
Um, so there are bands of muscles um, or whole groups of muscles that are influenced by the flow or non-flow of the, um, the electrical impulses or called the meridians in the body. And for this lady, all the muscles binding into the lower back and affecting the structure of the hips and the pelvic bone bowl were acutely affected and they were actually in constant spasm. Um, it was also affecting her ability to breathe, which is why they were wanting to operate. Um, there, are, there are things called muscle meridians in TCM and these have a whole lot of sequences involved in the muscle groups and they're pretty easy to influence. And so for this lady, there was three, three specific meridians that were out. And the other things that we did too, after, after the first session, she could stand upright as well as comfortably bend and rotate the upper part of her body. And she said the pain was reduced to about three out of 10. And two sessions later, she was completely pain free. I think the thing that really got to this lady, though, um, was that she nearly consented to a full-on um, invasive operation that probably would have left her with a whole lot of other permanent problems and physical restrictions to navigate. And she was pretty shaken up by that. Yeah, um, I, I think that, that when we're talking about, you know, allopathic medicine, I think their answer to everything is prescription or surgery. There's like no in-between. They don't have a lot in their toolbox nowadays, do they? It's, it's quite fascinating. Uh, I hear a lot of these stories where people were going to uh, be encouraged to have surgery. Uh, I actually had a woman about a year ago that went in for a mammogram and they found a small lump in her breast. And before she even left, they were trying to schedule her for surgery and get her in immediately. And she kept saying that she needed to digest the information and she needed to figure all this out. And they were like, no, 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 you don't have time. You have to have surgery right now. And she felt really bullied. And I thought, man, this is, this is really sad. This is what our medical system has come to. And she actually decided to uh, go overseas and she did um, ozone and cryotherapy and something else, which none of it required any surgery whatsoever. And she's now cancer free. And the horrible thing about that, Amanda, is that they would have plunged, you know, plunged that woman into abject terror yeah. until she sorted out other things. And, and as we know, there's a direct correlation between um, autoimmune diseases and fear. Yeah, going back to those emotions, I, I, I truly believe that. And I, I, it's why I admire the work that you do, because I think that if people, more people knew about working with their subtle energy systems and understanding the subtle energies and how we create things from the emotions that we harbor and the things that we hang on to and don't even realize that we're hanging on to them. I think that by seeing someone like you, we can release those and come out on the other side and, and also feel empowered at the same time. And, and that's the trick. You've got to give the person the empowerment and the tools by which they can ensure that their mind doesn't take them back into um, negative loops and forfeit their health again. And there, how do you do that? How do you, when you have someone like that who, you know, like you said, is desperate, they've tried everything and they land on your doorstep, you know, how do you uh, kind of get them from where they are to where they need to be? First of all, you've got to show them the physical response in the body means that their problem is solvable. 
then the mind will come on board and then you've got something to work on in terms of the person's mental platform and then you can start asking what was happening in their life around or just before the time of the injury and then you can piece together why the weakness was in that particular area of the body and then you know design something that's specifically an individual for them so they can understand why it happened and ensure that it doesn't happen again and often that will be meditative techniques or just allowing the mind really to see it from another angle so it can let go of it so my question to you is is if you could leave the audience three things or a couple of tips as far as just being proactive in their health today what are some things that you would recommend to get them started in you know taking their kind of the the reins to their own health care and taking control of taking care of themselves and and you know really getting proactive in, in their own health care the first one would um, undoubtedly be uh, a meditation technique and I'm talking more of the ones aligned to the martial arts which are all mind stilling techniques so they they teach the mind to be as still as the surface of a lake still active but not basically in the driver's seat a lot of the the modern apps and meditation techniques that are around today they're just um it's just entertainment or relaxation um, and what i mean by entertainment entertainment for the mind or relaxation techniques in order to really be in charge of your physiology you've got to develop this this stillness of the mind where you're in your body and not so much in your head so that would be the first one i would do the second thing would basically i would adjust my way of operating the world so everything i did everything i undertook had a knock-on effect to help um, either the earth and all the animals because we're at a critical time in um, what's happening at the earth and to have that kind of coherence where we have a um, a, a greater view of what we're doing more so than just um, what's happening for ourselves. And the third one would be basically ensure that when something happens in your life or something comes up from the past that needs to be dealt with, don't push it aside. Ensure that you uh, get to speak to somebody that you really trust so it can be dealt with before it becomes a problem later on. I think those are three fantastic techniques. So to reiterate, find a meditation technique that works for you that helps you truly connect to really a buddhist principle of more emptiness and, and helping you ground uh, become aware of our connection to nature and really align with the natural rhythms of nature um, i agree with you on that i actually just wrote a book called easy everyday habits to be more eco-friendly to help people better understand what we are doing to this planet and why it matters and then this idea of emotions i think that um, in a lot of ways I, I i really agree with this that we are told that we shouldn't deal with our emotions and we should push them aside and we shouldn't honor them and you know god forbid we be too emotional so i think that's a fantastic tip to really allow yourself to express those and, and get those out so that we don't hold on to them and, and they don't manifest into something you know much greater and worse than just simply letting them out and and as um what i'd like to add to that too is emotions aren't real emotions are just reactions to things that happen it's feelings that are real and so if we go into practices which um, develop our feeling sense then we are less reactionary then we have less problems not only in our day-to-day -day life but long term 
Oh, what a great way to end this amazing podcast. Tracy, I want to thank you for coming on today. If people are interested in learning more about what you do and how you do it, how can they find you? Our website is iem.com. And uh, while we're based in Sydney, um, we have some explanations and techniques that will become available. Um, you know, thanks to the internet, that's not too hard nowadays. Uh, so we're almost there with um, putting these techniques. So anybody interested in learning techniques or improving their lives in the way that we've touched on, they can visit our website, iemed.com, um, and see what's going to be available as downloads soon, um, either to be used on a personal level or used to enhance other practitioners, services and, and um, skill sets. So if anyone is interested, they can register their email address and we'll let you know when the modules are online. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you again, Tracy, for coming on and talking to my audience today about really what I feel is like pioneering healthcare and, and changing the way that we look at our own health and taking care of ourselves. Thank you very much, Amanda, for this wonderful opportunity. And um, I'd like to add, um, Amanda, your work and, and you provide expert guidance for clients that reflect a lot of what I do. And that's the importance of flow and the removal of um, physical and mental and emotional congestion. Plus, it's appealing visually. Um, so the mind doesn't take on its take its owner into low vibratory states. The, the importance of energetic structure and energetic surroundings is so incredibly important to um, feeling overwhelmed or negatively oriented. It's, it's the balancing of everything and you do that superbly. Oh, thank you. I'll take it. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you very much, Amanda, for this opportunity. So the big question that I always ask is where are you hanging on to energetic congestion? Where are you highly emotional? Where do those below the cross emotions show up? Because we tend to have them in the same spot. So a lot of times it's in front of the stove, maybe the kitchen sink, perhaps it's in the bathroom. So start paying attention to how you feel. Because what happens is, is if you don't get your home energy right, then that means that you are basically in a cesspool of this energetic congestion, and then it starts to manifest in your physical realm. And so if you don't work with someone like me, or you don't work with someone like Tracy, that's when you start to really come head to head with disease, and that's where it starts to manifest. But here's the cool thing. If you are proactive in your healthcare and you are proactive in understanding the power, not only from your mind, but also your energy and the energy that you surround yourself with and how you act and operate and speak, you can control this and elevate everything, and I mean everything, to the frequency of health, vibrancy, and absolutely thriving every day in every way. How freaking cool is that? All right, everyone, be sure to head on over to the website to get show notes or any information from the show today. If you would like to get a floor plan reading, be sure to reach out to my team. You can reach them at Let's Chat at thegatescompany.com. It will change your life. Just listen to what Tracy said. She said that it gets your energetic field right. Boom. Also, if you like the show, be sure to leave a review. We're trying to get those up a little bit. We get all these amazing emails from all of our listeners, but hey, we'd like to encourage you to leave a review because then iTunes will take notice and say, hey, these people are doing something important. 
and we are. We're changing lives, right? All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.